Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on into Morning Footy alongside Alexis Guerreros, Charlie Davies, Nigel Rio Coker. I'm Allie Trost Martin. Yeah, it's early. It's uh, a little bit earlier than usual because Champions League draw happened just moments ago. So we're on to break it all down and uh, bring you a special three and a half hour edition. Yeah, you heard that right of the show here today. Don't say so what? excited. Come on. I'm gonna need about four more of these. Well, you've been awake <laughs> since 1 a.m. So this yeah. is perfect. You were ready. Could not sleep. So how did you? Just excited or mm-hmm. you were just excited? <laughs> no, I was like very Christmas upset morning. I couldn't sleep. But uh, whatever, I'm here. I'm fully caffeinated and I'm here. Uh, what did you do during that time? Huh? What did, did you just roll I around? Mostly kept bed? my arms crossed and my eyes closed and just <laughs> sat there thinking like, why aren't I snoring yet? <laughs> how come okay. I'm not drooling? It was a lot of that. All right, Charlie, yeah. how are you? Fantastic. Good weekend. Great weekend. Like. Went to came, went to New York with the the fam. We went to Brooklyn yesterday, kind of explored, and then uh, today we'll we'll be back in Manhattan. Oh, doing so, all the Christmas Christmas, festivities. all the Christmas stuff. Which, as you can tell, we've got the holiday spirit here as well. And Mr. Christmas himself, Santa, yeah. Santa Claus. Uh, Grinch's hair, yes, the Grinch's hair, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, dressed to the nines as always, Nigel. Great to have you uh, on the desk this whole week. Yep. And I'm in for Suze, who's got a big day coming up on Friday. Yes, Our girls get married, married. so uh, Crazy. I'll be filling in. Very excited for uh, the future uh, Mrs. Susanna Fuller. Sounds weird to say, but we're so excited, and let's get into it, boys. The uh, UCL draw just happened moments ago, so here is uh, the look at the round of 16 matchups that uh, are going to be taking place. So we've got uh, some really fun ones, but I know one that everyone in the room was reacting to, PSV taking on Dortmund. You've got uh, the German Giants, Bayern Munich taking on Lazio out of Serie A. Arsenal drew FC Porto. That was the first draw. Any uh, any of these partic- in particular stand out to well, each of you, Charlie? I think the reaction that was so positive with PSV Dortmund because PSV, they could have landed with City, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. Real Madrid. So of those remaining, you, you want PSV to, to match up against Dortmund, and I think that's the best possibility for them to advance the next round. Not that they couldn't do it against a Real Madrid or Man City, but the likelihood to get by a Dortmund, I think, is much higher than than those, as well as the Americans and Americans. Gio Reyna, yeah. will he still be there? Will he get some playing time? Will he eventually become more influential versus a PSV side that's thriving with uh, young U.S. men's national team players? 
Yeah, absolutely. Alexis, what I about mean, you? Obviously, we were also a little, or Charlie and I were excited about the Arsenal draw a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? uh, Nigel, not as much. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a long <laughs> week, Nigel. Yeah, it's going to be a long week. <laughs> a lot of going to talk on this show. But yeah, obviously, this is exciting. Napoli, Barcelona, I think it's probably the most competitive of the draw. Mm-hmm. And two teams that have been. It's, probably, it's the biggest, that's the biggest game of the draw that people talk about. You know, obviously, uh, Napoli. Winning the Serie A and then Barcelona in their current state right now with the transition period of what they're going through, the young generation coming through. That's going to be an interesting game. And obviously with the fact of Osiman coming back, mm-hmm. how much of an impact can he have? And you look at Lewandowski's uh, run of form at Barcelona right now, not really in the greatest of form. That's going to be uh, probably the eye-catching game. Yeah, but it hasn't round. been all roses for Napoli either. So I, I think that no. also makes it an intriguing matchup. Two teams that have been struggling in, in their own right and huge matchup. Yeah, but think about it. Barcelona's coming in, not necessarily in top form. Xavi, there's some questions about Xavi. It seems like the players have his back. It seems like the board is happy with him for now. But there are some oh. questions about Xavi. But this could be huge for Walter Mazzari on the Napoli side. A big win against Barcelona in the round of 16 does a lot for your tenure as manager of Napoli. I think when you look at that fixture for me, it's the battle of the strikers. You know, Victor Osman coming back and Lewandowski, that's what everyone's going to be probably focusing on right now. Because when he plays for Napoli, when he comes back, it's a complete different Napoli side. You know, they've created chances. Now you've got Osman back, who's actually putting these chances away. And you talk about the struggles of Lewandowski right now at Barcelona. That's going to be interesting. And if Barcelona defended like they did this weekend against Valencia, Napoli have a great chance. Well, I, I want to focus on a, another matchup, and that is Man City. They drew Oof. against Copenhagen, and they are, of course, the uh, reigning champs. They won the historic trouble last season, but they've been sliding. Oh. They have, but that is a great draw for City. If you're Manchester City and Pep Guardiola, you take that right now. And the fact of Kevin De Bruyne is pretty much nearly going to be coming back soon and everything, and Erling Haaland and um, uh, Doku as well, a big player. That is an absolutely sensational draw for Manchester City. I don't don't think it's too much of a crisis as people are making it out to be right now. Yeah, and and we see the City team get hot at the right times. They know when to to really put the the foot to the pedal and and get things going, but... I mean, if you look at the performances... Are there any larger concerns for you right now? I don't think there's larger... For me, there's no larger concerns. I, I really feel that they will turn it around. Um, you look at the performance this weekend against Crystal Palace, they absolutely dominated the game. Their biggest problem was not taking the chances and lapses of concentrations. Certain players haven't really been performing to the, the levels that they expected. Most, most, I'd say most issue, of them. I'll, I'll, but remember, you're talking about a team who came off winning the treble. Let's not forget incredibly how hard it is to achieve that feat. And yet, they're still competing. Still came through the, the group stages, winning every game. First time in the club's history and one of the only other few English clubs to do that. And still with a, tie, a shot to win the Premier League title. Like that, for me, you've got to give a bit more credit to what they're doing to stay competitive after achieving... Stay, the, the stay competitive? Thing. They are competitive. You cannot, Wait, you cannot no, but, write but City that, out. But that's what you're hanging your hat on? Them just staying competitive after winning a trouble and they only lose Gundogan? Yeah, uh, they are still staying competitive. I think that Pep Guardiola has made the right additions. Are you lowering are, the standards? Just because I'm not lowering the standards. I'm, I'm talking about the reality of what they achieved last year. Yeah. To still be in the shout of them in the next round of the Champions League, they're still competing for a Premier League title. One or two in different performances doesn't mean it's, oh my God, it's, no, it's a end of the season for Manchester City. And there's no. also quite a bit of time before these matchups take place. So this... City team could certainly be in a, a different position than they are now with Kevin a player like Kevin De Bruyne back, yeah. who I, I, 
has been a much bigger absence than I think maybe even City thought he would be, more so than I thought. Yeah, I mean, but let's see how he comes back. Let's see how long it takes him to get, like, fully, fully match fit and clicking with everyone. Obviously, chemistry is important. Ever the positive you are. But it's Manchester City. It's Manchester City. I'm not counting them out until I see the final whistle blown on the last (laughs) match day. I'm not counting them out. Second half of the season, Manchester City, is peak Manchester City. They did it last year. Do you know what you add to that as well is? It's experience. These guys have been there before. They've been there chasing teams down. I remember when they were chasing a certain Arsenal down, right? And they finished on top. Just saying. They've got the experience of being there with the players. Yeah, Arsenal remembers too. You felt mentioning that just now. I just had to say, it's experience. It plays a part in the beautiful game of life. Kids are as happy as you were just now at Christmas morning. (laughs) Sometimes playing without some of that experience and without some of that pressure with the target on your back, which Man City certainly has at the moment in this competition, who's a team that hasn't been competing in Champions League uh, as of late that you think could really make a run and surprise some people? Real Sociedad. They're taking on PSG. And Real Sociedad are pure class. They, they, they are absolutely playing extremely well. I think this is the one team that could take down PSG. Absolutely, in yeah. this draw. I think there's a couple teams that could take down PSG. But, but I agree with you completely. In this draw. I mean, there are some electric players on Real Sociedad. They're playing at an extremely high level. Takefuso Kubo, I keep mentioning it. He's not long for this team. I have a feeling a big, big, massive club is going to come after him. This is a team that's playing in peak form. And PSG, you know, as they continue going down the Luis Enrique route, we start to ask questions. Again, late, late draw in, um, over at Lille this weekend. I know because that was part of my bet and I lost. Thank you so much. <laughs> we will get into the uh, bets later on in the show. Thank you. Sorry, Alex. Do from Brooklyn, Jonathan David. But uh, <laughs> when we see, I mean, they're not as, they're, PSG is not as electric as they were last year. Meanwhile, La Real is coming in as electric right. as it gets. They play, they play some sensational football, Real Sociedad. They are the team that people are pretty much sleeping on. And if PSG play as expansive as they do and leave themselves as open as they do, Real Sociedad are going to absolutely dismantle them because they are really a sensational thing. The biggest thing people have to pay attention to is that word, team. They are one of the teams of this competition. When you look at PSG, you can't use the word team because there's still that too much individual reliance and dynamic. And if Kylian Mbappe isn't, being 10 out of 10, you've got a half a, a real good chance to beat this PSG side. Yeah. Um, when we take a look at some of these, uh, h- how things shook out with the draw today. <laughs> what? I think we all looked at Charlie. Oh, this is good. Charlie, Charlie's like, we all were like, Charlie's going to say something. Charlie wants to say <laughs> something. He's, he's fighting his time. Hey, we got a long show. We got plenty of time for. Uh, we got a long way to for go. Chuck yeah. to cook. There's only eight more hours of show, baby. <laughs> we can't we can't get all the takes out uh, right now. But when you look at how things shook out for the round of 16, is there has that changed in your in anyone's mind who some of their favorites were? No, but you know what's funny is uh, Alexis called it. Inter Milan, don't draw Atletico Madrid. <laughs> just the only team you can't draw. <laughs> don't do it. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. Yeah, and John uh, Terry opens up that paper with like, damn. It's, it's, we know how good Inter are. And they're fantastic. But they're very strong defensively first because of, their, because of how organized they are. Now we're talking about Atletico Madrid with Simeone. 
It's the battle of the defenses. Yeah. Yeah. The battle of the defenses. Who, who can park parts. the bus <laughs> yeah. the best in the tightest gap? I will say the difference maker for me will either be, you know, is Griezmann going to still be on time or is Lautaro Martinez going to continue to be on fire? And we posted a, a social uh, piece saying which player is your favorite, who's the best player in the world right now? And I think a lot of us said Jude Bellingham. Everybody but Lautaro said Martinez got a lot of got a lot of mentions in those comments. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, there's some people really, really high up on him. Yeah, but let's be real. I know. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. But for vibes, let's, let's, let's be, let's be right real. It was, it was, let's Giuseppe, be it was real. Giuseppe who said Lautaro Martinez. No, no, 100% he's the best yeah. player in the world. Which it's is like, a, little, it's a little bit much. It's like, okay, I guess okay. not uh, Real Madrid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, Lautaro is, is a beast and Griezmann's on fire as well. There could be, remember like that, that short run Atletico Madrid had playing like expansive attacking football? Very short, yeah. short yeah. But man, if we see that versus a Lautaro Martinez, that could be fun. I'll tell you what, though, an- another good interest in draw, sorry, Ali, is uh, someone who'll be happy with is Bayern Munich. Yeah. Bayern Munich with Lazio. They'll be very happy with that draw. Yeah. How oh, yeah. One, next absolutely. How do you see that one playing out? Bayern, I would definitely say Bayern are expected to win that. And I think they'll be happy with getting a Lazio side that's very inconsistent and why Bayern are still finding their feet. And the great thing about the Champions League right now, no one's get, it's not a given. Mm-hmm. What these clubs now have is an opportunity with the transfer window coming in January to strengthen their squads. And that can change the dynamic of the games that we're going to see later on in what players they are able to, unfortunate to bring in for different clubs and their different needs. And Ali, I will say, with this Arsenal-Porto draw, just going into it in a, in, a, in a way that you can recognize where Arsenal is compared to where they were. You know, last season, they crashed out of Europa League to Sporting, right? Now you're taking up a notch and you're going against Porto. And you're talking about history of this competition. They finished tied at the top of the group with Barcelona on 12 points. If Arsenal want to get over the hump and be considered one of the top teams in Europe, this is a match that they have to win. Yeah, well, and that was kind of interesting tie back to one of the earlier points about experience. There's experience from winning and then there's experience from coming up short. And for Arsenal last season, it wasn't just crashing out of Europa League. It was falling just short of winning the entire Premier League. And you've got a lot of these guys now that know how that feeling felt, but to your point, you gotta meet the occasion now. You, 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 do, have a, you do have a European trophy winner here in Declan Rice. You're, you're in the Europa Conference League. Does it all? Hey, West Ham. Hey, does it all? Hey. Stick with Europa. Hey. We ain't got to say that conference word yet. I will say. <laughs> wow. Uh, what's okay. going on? This reminds me. I think the last time we played Porto, if I'm not mistaken, was 2010. I don't know if you remember Samir Nasri had that crazy goal where he basically cut everybody up in a maze, came through, struck it from the right. Maybe those vibes come back. Wasn't Eduardo playing as well? Oh, uh, my God. Dude, oh 2010 God. was a wild. Those yeah. kids were fired, too. Yeah. The white on the side. How old was everybody Ooh. in 2010? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 2010 wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I didn't say 1985. I was in the problem of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 2010, I was four years old. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, we got dude. Wonder King. I just look like today. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are just getting things started here on Morning Foot. We've also got a ton of guests joining us on the show. Guillaume Balaguet will be on next. Stick around. Real Madrid on top of Group C. Played 5-1-5 in the group stage. And Bellingham, he's done it again. And this famous football club is being achieved by Jude Bellingham. Nearly in. And he's in. And they're already running away with it. It's blasted towards the goal. And Saul finds the roof of the net. And it's-
it's number six. And under pressure here with Barcelona threatening a fourth. Lewandowski, Gundogan. And there is the fourth of the boot of Gabi. Barcelona's domination finally with a telling outcome. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, here is a look at how the La Liga teams drew in the UCL round of 16. Atletico Madrid will take on Inter Milan. Barcelona will take on Napoli. Real Madrid against RB Leipzig. And Real Sociedad taking on PSG. Joining us now to talk more about these matchups is our good friend Guillaume Balaguer, always on the go, joining us from some airport. Guillaume, where are you at? <laughs> Barcelona Airport, no secrets. I'm just getting away from my own city for a few days. Oh, okay, lovely. So, vacation or work? Uh, this is the last thing. Uh, no, actually, I'm on CBS uh, tonight, and then that's it. All so, right. uh, where are we off to? Where are we off to, Guillaume? You'll be bored about this one. Uh, England, Leicestershire, oh, just to ah, see France. Beautiful vacation space. <laughs> yeah. uh, Alexis, really, tell us how you feel about that one. Beautiful yeah. place, Get great your country. feet up in the sand, get some sun. Welcome to God's country. <laughs> My favorite beach getaway. Um, it's coming right. home. Yeah. <laughs> well, Guillaume, let's talk about these La Liga matchups. The draw just happened here moments ago, and some of the notable matchups, I think one that really drew all of our attention was Napoli and Barcelona. Barcelona, what was your reaction uh, to this matchup with two teams that have kind of struggled uh, in their own regards here uh, this season? First, first reaction was again, because of <laughs> course they met last season and they met uh, three seasons ago. And actually that was my first game for CBS uh, when at the end of COVID, uh, the first game that was played was at the Camp Nou between Barcelona and Napoli. But Barcelona showed at the Maradona last season that they can beat anybody of that stature, let's say. But uh, I don't know how you're doing this because, you know, we could do the same show at the beginning of uh, or second week in February when the games are about to take place because it's still two months before we get there. But what you have to see um, what, what, from where we stand at the moment is that Barcelona right now is on, on a negative trend. Well, Napoli seems to, with Masari, gone on a completely different trend. At least Napoli have um, become more the Napoli of last season. In the case of Barcelona, we just don't know what, uh, what they want to do. Yeah, we kind of know what they want to do, certainly they're miles away from it. So tension in Barcelona, doubts about the manager and some of the players not hitting all cylinders. Certainly the striker Lewandowski, who uh, has been very poor. In fact, uh, Barcelona, in terms of effectiveness in the top five leagues, somebody's made this list, they, they are 72. 72. <laughs> so they create a lot of chances, but they don't score. So let's see in two months' time if they manage to sort that out because uh, effectiveness, when you have the quality, they are quality players, is a matter of confidence. Will they get that back? Yeah, it's uh, a good point. There's uh, quite a bit of time uh, for teams to turn things around here. Yeah, Guillaume, uh, I want to ask another question about the Maradona derby, uh, as I'm calling it, uh, Napoli versus Barca. Uh, do you think Xavi is the manager when this, game, when this first match takes place? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Uh, because it'll make no sense mm, having qualified for the first time in three years into the last 16 of the Champions League that the manager is not there. Another type of question is, does the director of football and the chairman think that he's the man for the long future? And probably the answer is no, because 
they see that there is no progression at Barcelona. They see that the players are not getting better. I see different things as well. I see that this, this is a team that has struggled with injuries, uh, that Barcelona have taken value into out of the squad because they don't have the money, so they got rid of players and not everybody who has come in has added in. So it's, it's one of those in which um, let's see who wins the narrative. But in any case, they'll be together holding hands with an improvised kind of uh, artificial smile until the end of the season for sure. Guillen, I want to go to another uh, Spanish side. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game of football, PSG versus Real Sociedad. For people who don't know a lot about Real Sociedad, what do you see as their biggest strength in this team? First of all, people should know a lot about Real Sociedad. It's one of the most exciting teams in Europe. You should actually watch them at some point. Even by accident, you should have seen (laughs) that they actually work like a collective that there is not big superstars, but your Oyarzabal is very good and he scores seven goals in the league. Okubo is getting his best football in his career, scores six goals in the league as well. But it is about pressure high, about working for each other and simple football in a way, uh, but that has to do with possession football and dominating as well. Imanol Alguacil is one of the most exciting coaches around. He is a Real Sociedad fan and he will stay at for a long way. But if, if he wanted to actually move on, he could be a Barcelona manager, not a problem. It is exciting. You're absolutely right, because Real Sociedad will still play the same way that they do at the moment. Uh, more or less, the level has been consistent now for two or three years. This is what took them to the Champions League. This is what's taking them to the next round of the Champions League. In the case of PSG, yes, they are getting better. Uh, Luis Enrique knows what he has in his hands. He gets saved once or twice by Mbappé, but the team is becoming solid, much more solid. So I do believe that the room for improvement of PSG is much bigger than Real Sociedad that more or less have picked already. So PSG are favourites, but the second leg is in Anoeta and it'll be noisy and it'll be difficult for PSG. Guillaume, of all the Spanish sides that have progressed to the, the round of 16, I'd say Atletico Madrid got the toughest draw. But this is a, 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 going to be a really interesting matchup with Diego Simeone going against last year's Champions League finalist Inter. What can we expect from this matchup? Yeah, and against his old teammate, uh, Simone Inzaghi as well. So this, this is obviously, you're absolutely right, against the toughest team that you can find in Italy at the moment. Competitive when they go into Europe, very, very solid. They concede very little and they've got a lot of uh, firepower up front for Lautaro Martinez and Turam. This is a team that almost plays with their eyes closed and they do it in a, in a way that really unsettles Atletico Madrid with pace, with aggressiveness and uh, and playing in behind. This Atletico Madrid at the moment, at home, they are amazing, especially in the league. They won every single point there is. Away, they they lost uh, four out of the eight games that they play away, I'm talking in the league. But then they went to Feyenoord and they, they played some of the best football you, you've seen of Atletico Madrid played at a time when they needed to win in the group stages. So you just don't know what you're going to get with them. It seems like they are in that kind of no man's land in that Simeone wants them to play better, but they lost a little bit of the solidity at the back when that happens. Uh, it is exciting to see them play these days, but I do believe Inter has got a little bit more about them. Certainly, they, they showed it in Italy and they showed it in, in Europe as well. Guillaume, when you look at uh, Real Madrid and RB Leipzig, I mean, Real Madrid, no losses in group play, 6-0-0. Do they keep this going even with some of the injuries they've picked up? That's been the amazing part in watching this team is they've just been able to to withstand any injury that has uh, come their way. You're absolutely right. They lost 
the best goalkeeper uh, in Courtois. They lost the best centre-back in Militao, and now they lost Alaba as well. They lost, you would say, the best left-back in Camavinga, even though, of course, he's a holding midfielder. They lost for a while Vinicius, and yet everybody seems to... Well, Ancelotti seems to have found a solution. Starting with the fact that they now play with uh, two holding midfielders. While Verde is much more disciplined, next to Cross, it really works because it allows the likes of Modric or Brahim or Bellingham or Rodrigo, uh, whoever plays in front of them, to, to actually be free and, and roam around. And, and they played really well against Villarreal. So now not only they're effective, not only they score goals, not only they concede little, they've got one of the best defences in Europe at the moment, they actually are playing good football. So with Real Madrid, you always have to count with finding solutions. This is a team built uh, on the foundations of very good players. That has always been the philosophy, out of which perhaps with them, you've seen it there, is the best player in the world right now, Bellingham, who again, uh, not only scored against Villarreal, he was just like so, uh, uh, what's the word? Fire in his belly. He was just fighting against everyone. He's got now the Real Madrid DNA as well, and everybody chanting his name. So Real Madrid are favourites on this one. But I'm looking forward to see Dani Olmo if he recovers from injury. And Xavi Simons, who has been doing very, very well in a, in a forward position, former Barcelona player, of course, and PSG, who um, would want to impress. Game seven now boarding yeah. to London. I actually yeah, got to yeah, your, your flight's boarding here. Your flight's boarding. Your flight's boarding. But it's the, it's the, you just said it though. Uh, Jude Bellingham, best player in the world. Love it. Yeah, I think a lot of us agree. I, I'll ask you a quick one, Guillaume, because I don't want you to miss your flight because I know how hard it is to book those private planes. Um, of all the of all the Spanish teams playing, who do you think has the easiest, and who do you think has the hardest draw? Real Madrid, you have to say, because of the form, because it's their cup, isn't it? I mean, have we already baptized the Real Madrid uh, cup or not yet? It should be. It is their competition. They should actually, yeah, be, be favorites against Leipzig. Uh, the hardest, I think, Atletico Madrid. I do, I do believe Real Sociedad have got absolutely nothing to lose against PSG. For PSG, as you know, is re really either winning the Champions League or disaster. Luis Enrique knows that, but he's getting things right. And I think he will improve even more. But uh, in terms of uh, those that really want to compete to win it, Atletico Madrid have got a really, really tough uh, tough one against Inter Milan. Uh, I do believe that Atletico Madrid have got a chance to win the league. They have to correct their way form, as I said earlier. But they got in Griezmann, uh, alongside Bellingham, the best player in, in La Liga. But Inter Milan... They just got absolutely everything. I love Dumfries, Di Marco, Chanogolo, Barella, and up front, of course, Lautaro and Turam. You're talking about a lot of quality, and they know what they have to do. They don't care if they don't play well, but they compete extremely well. Nice. Guillaume, always great to catch up with you. Always on the go. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your trip, and thanks for taking the time uh, to join us. And go catch that flight. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to make you miss it, that's for sure. Enjoy the tropical no, weather of Leicestershire. Yeah, hope you pack your shit. Piccadilly Circus. Let's go to All right, well, we've also got Salve here in the building for some headlines. So she will join us here next after this short break. Don't go anywhere.
Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, here is a look at Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey at Gillette Stadium. Taking a look at some of the notable moments that have taken place there. He may be looking at his girlfriend no, and superstar Taylor Swift. Carlos Heel right but there. I think he's looking at uh, Rev's midfielder, Carlos Heel. Like, that really drew his eye. Look at the thighs on him. He's like, damn. <laughs> he said, that's a good looking guy. Yeah, wow. I like, like, I love wow. the way he commands the midfield. I love his playmaking ability. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what he was really looking at. Couldn't have been Taylor. What, Nigel? You like that? Um, <laughs> that's that's football it's for you here, huh? The, it's too early in the morning to get me started, but yeah. <laughs> well, you better get going because we've got uh, quite a bit of time left here on the show. This is a special edition, three and a half hours, and we've got a very uh, special guest here in house. Adriana Mansalve is in welcome. for some headlines. Adriana, welcome. We're so happy to have you. How are you? Good. I'm great. Happy to be here with you guys on the Golasso Network and the Morning Foodie. I think oh, yeah. Nigel's is a Swifty. Are you a Swifty? Oh, yeah. What? Big Swifty. Oh, he doesn't know the word. What you're talking about. Uh, that's he a, said, are you mad? Yeah. Are you mad? Swifty. He's like, Excuse me? <laughs> are you talking about the duster? <laughs> that's a good one. We're going to have Nigel's favorite song playing the break. No, I, we'll get into that later. I'll, 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 you know what, I'll give you all like the Taylor Swift breakdowns. But Adriana, uh, do you have a favorite Taylor Swift song? Are you a Swifty? Shake it off. Shake it off. All shake right. it off. I dig it. And well, shake it off. We have a lot of news to share with you guys. Yeah, so let's get into okay. it. Shake we'll right start into in it. Mexico because where Club America won their record fourth, 14th Liga MX title last night, beating Tigres 3-0 for a 4-1 aggregate victory over Tigres in the Apertura final. Following a 1-1 first leg draw, the two teams played to a 0-0 draw in regulation, but a pair of Tigres red cards set up America for a dominant extra time period. Julian Quinones scored the opener in the, in the 91st minute, followed by goals from Richard Sanchez and Jonathan Cabecita Rodriguez earned America their first title since 2018. In international news, FIFA announced the dates for the revamped 2025 Club World Cup. The USA is hosting the expanded 32-team tournament, which will run from June 15 to July 13 of 2025. UEFA will have 12 teams compete in the field. South America has the second most with six teams taking part. The Seattle Sounders, Club America and Club Leon have already secured three of the four spots that will go to CONCACAF teams, with the fourth place going to the winner of next year's CONCACAF Champions Cup. While the Club World Cup is expanding, the U.S. Open Cup is facing the prospect of no longer featuring MLS team after Major League Soccer announced on Friday its plans no longer have first-team squads take part in the oldest soccer competition in the United States. MLS unveiled its plan to have reserved teams from MLS next pro represent the league in the U.S. Open Cup last night, a decision ratified by MLS owners at their Board of Governors meeting on Friday. U.S. soccer was not formally informed of those plans and has yet to sign off on the move. According to U.S. soccer's guidelines, quote, U.S.-based teams must participate in all representative U.S. soccer and CONCACAF competitions for which they are eligible. 
In Spain, Diego Alonso's tenure as Sevilla manager is over after just nine weeks. The Uruguayan was fired by Sevilla on Saturday after their 3-0 loss to Getafe, which leaves them sitting in the seventh place in La Liga. Sevilla had a week to forget after being knocked out of all European competitions following a 2-1 Champions League group stage loss to Lens last Tuesday. That left them in the last place in their group. Alonso managed just two wins from 14 matches with Sevilla after taking over for Jose Luis Mendilibar in October. Staying in Spain, Real Madrid is facing yet another major knee injury to a key player with Austrian defender David Alaba suffering a turn ASL in Real Madrid's 4-1 win over Villarreal on Sunday. Alaba joins goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois and fellow defender Eder Militao among players to suffer turn ACLs, which left Carlo Ancelotti stunned by his team's bad luck. The Italian manager said he has, quote, never seen three crochet ligaments injuries in four months. Real Madrid is leading La Liga and is taking part in the Champions League round of 16, but Alaba's injury has left them in need of defensive cover, which could lead a January move for a defender. Alexis, I have a question for you. Okay. My friend, Real Madrid has managed to have another great season despite these injuries, but is losing Alaba too much for them uh, to overcome? Can they win the Champions League? I mean, this is their competition to win uh, because they are Real Madrid. I know they didn't win it last year, but they're still Real Madrid. They're used to winning this trophy. Slow down. Uh, (laughs) But I will say, look at the list of injuries. They got Vinny, Camavinga, Militao, Carvajal. Alaba goes down. Arda Guller, Thibaut Courtois. There's a ton of injuries. Speaking specifically of the back line, Militao, now Alaba. Is Nacho Fernandez, 33-year-old? Is that the guy that you really want to hang this sort of tough, compressed part of the season on? Are you making it about him the player or his age? That he's 33? Both. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his prime. He's not a man. He's 33. I'm saying. Do you rate him, Nacho? I, I think that I rate Carlos Ancelotti. I, I think Ancelotti will find a way. And the biggest thing about Real Madrid right now is they've got Jude Bellingham. But do they, but do they find a way on what this the? existing team or do they find a way by making a move no, in they January? No, ha- they, ha- they have to bring in reinforcements. Yeah. They'll have to bring in defense. Because Na- Nacho is slow, very slow. Um, and he's like a plug-and-play. You can rotate him in, but in he's terms a great of backup. relying on him no. as a starting center back with Real Madrid, no. Especially with. You, you can also not ever rule out them having to go into their academy because this is Real Madrid and they will have some special players coming through the pipeline that we might not be too aware of. But they will always find a way and I think they'll assess everything. And the one thing you've got to give credit to Real Madrid that they do well compared to other clubs in Europe is they plan ahead. They've planned ahead to stay so consistent for so long that you have to admire them and give them credit. I hear where you're coming from, but if you're Real Madrid and you're pushing for Champions League, you're pushing La Liga. You're not going to bring up a youngster from the reserves to start in meaningful matches where you need to win. You need experience. You need someone who Especially on defense. Am I wrong yes. in that? Yeah, but yes. you've got a balance. Listen, but remember, this is Real Madrid. There's certain clubs that you come through academy-wise where from a young age you're when's already the last, taught. When's the last academy player that came different. in Different. There's a young kid coming right now. Uh, there, is it Diaz or Paz? There's a young kid, one or two, coming through. They're, they're attackers. They've played a few Champions League games already. Coming when's the last Madrid. defender that came through Real Madrid Academy and started? as a youngster. Uh, that, that doesn't happen that much often nowadays. 
Not not of these clubs. Well, not Real Madrid. Maybe, but I can't think off the top of my head. I can't give you someone. Because I'll tell you right now, it ain't happening. If you're trying to get the Champions League trophy, which Ancelotti is trying to do with this group, you got our youngsters in Jude Bellingham, Vinicius Jr., who t took a, a lot of times, uh, a, a long time to get to where he is. You need to bring in uh, in January immediately a center back that is capable, who's, who's, who's not uh, tied to a Champions League club, mm -hmm. so you can still register him, and, and you hope that that person settles in perfectly. Yeah, you got to feel for Ancelotti, though. I mean, he said it. I, just to have the severity of the injuries that they've dealt with. I mean, yeah, the fact that they've still been able to have the success and, and get the wins that they have aside, I mean, that is, that's hard to sustain even for the best of the best and to overcome. And let's it's not forget incredible. their average age of their midfield is about 44, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Obviously, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But, I mean, you got Luka Madrid, Tony Cruz. They're not also getting younger. Injuries are a potential it, for players. It feels like they well. are one – injury away from I mean, it's, we've said that about we, the last I know but like injuries. this time it actually unless they're able to go out and get someone who's able to slot in right away come January on the, on the line. There, there yeah. has to be a certain level of quality though they're not just going to go out and get anyone that's what I'm saying it's of course. I, I just think uh, with, with Carlos Ancelotti one of the greatest managers in this game there is a plan oh well We'll see what happens come January. Still a bit of time, and uh, that'll be the interesting thing as we get closer to these matchups is where teams, the, the form that they're in, the health that they have within their squads. Uh, we will step aside for another break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, we have the Europa League draw coming your way here next. 